0: and I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people to dream. Before I started Kiki K, I had a dream that I could bring Swedish design to the world to create beautiful products that bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to help you dream big. I want to create a global movement to inspire 101 million dreamers to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode, I'll be talking to some of the world's most inspiring people, exploring the powerful impact that dreaming has had on their lives. We'll be diving deep into the power of dreaming with real insights and ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. It's hard to believe it's been a whole year since our very first episode of your Dream Life podcast. I am so grateful to all the incredible guests I have interviewed, but I'm especially grateful for all of you, our listeners, who tune in each episode. Thank you so very much. As you may know, this was something that I decided to do when I asked myself the questions, what would I do if I couldn't fail? And I really wanted to do a podcast, but it was really a little bit out of my comfort zone. So I've done it and I'm incredibly grateful to all of you who give me so much great feedback and who are listening each week. As an extra special thank you, we are offering an exclusive 20% off all full price Kiki K products online and in-store until the end of September 2019. To claim your discounts, simply enter the code DREAM20 online or mention it to our friendly in-store team. For full terms and conditions, refer to our show notes and enjoy. I really hope you are feeling inspired by all the stories we have featured so far and that you have been able to find some real pearls of wisdom to help you on your journey of uncovering and chasing your dreams, whatever they may be. In this exciting episode, I was lucky enough to catch up with the incredible Dr. Megan Rossi, or the gut health doctor, as she is more commonly known through her huge social media following. A registered dietitian with a PhD in the area of gut health, Megan is now living her dream. Working on groundbreaking research at King's College in London, educated her passionate following of thousands on social media, and has even opened up her own gut health clinic. Through her research, Megan soon discovered that the gut is not an isolated organ, but in fact central to our overall health and happiness, and that by nourishing and caring for it, people could actually improve their lives in very real and often surprising ways. She now dedicates her life to making a positive impact on the world, helping people feel empowered to make their own decisions about their health and wellness. Since our chat, Megan has had a very exciting year, getting married and also publishing her very first book, Eat Yourself Healthy, an easy to digest guide to health and happiness from the inside out. A wealth of knowledge and an amazing person, Megan is full of incredible advice. And in this wonderful episode, you will learn how to change the way you think about your gut health, the mental and physical benefits of a healthy gut, the importance of eating a diverse range of foods rather than focusing on one type of diet, that if you don't want to settle for an ordinary life, you have to work hard. The importance of reflecting on the things that energize you and making time for things that you are passionate about. That no matter how hard you are working towards your dreams or goals, you should never compromise your health to get there. The connection between our gut and our brain and how it can play a role in our overall mental health. The importance of being true to yourself and your beliefs. The truth to the age-old saying, everything in moderation, and so much more. It's a fantastic episode, so let's get right into it. Hello, Megan. I am so excited to be speaking to you, with you here in London, and I know our listeners are going to love hearing from you. But before we dive into your story, and what I'm sure will be some wonderful healthy tips and inspiration for our listeners, I would like to start by getting to, for you to think back to your childhood for a moment. This is something I get all my guests to do because I'm all about dreaming. So I would like you to think back, what were your dreams for the future when you were a child? What
1: did you dream about being or doing? Yeah, well, firstly, thank (laughs) you so much for having me. It's such an honor to have met you. You know, I'm a big fan of everything you do. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, well, I I don't know, it's probably unusual, but I never really had one specific dream as a child. Although I did always know that I wanted to have a positive impact on the world. Mm. Didn't know how I was going to, you know, make that happen, but I was really quite quite strong about that from a young age and I think you know some of that probably came from losing my sister when I was younger and you know I really wanted to make her proud so you know that kind of stuck with me that whatever I was going to do it was going to have a really positive impact Mm. on people and you certainly have thank you that's your sister
0: So, you are a registered dietitian with a PhD in the area of gut health and a leading research associate at the King's College London, investigating nutrition-based therapies. Among many other things, you also opened the Gut Health Clinic in London and are soon to publish your first book, The Gut Health Doctor. First, congratulations. Mm, Thank you. Today, people certainly associate your name with the world of healthy eating and gut health, but I would love if you could give our listeners a little bit of a background
1: on yourself and how you get into this area. I guess my, you know, I first got into, you know, being interested in the gut, again, a bit of a sad story actually. I'm not really a downer, but it came from losing my grandma who I was really, really close with um, to bowel cancer. Yeah. And I, you know, still vividly remember, you know, sitting in a lecture theatre, A month or so after she passed, learning about the early warning signs of bowel cancer and thinking to myself, you know, if talking about our bowels wasn't so taboo, would my, you know, grandma still be here today? And, you know, sadly, all the stats suggested, yeah she would be. So I think that kind of ignited a lot of emotion and passion towards the gut. And then you know I kind of maybe suppressed those negative feelings, but they came up again um, a couple of years later when I was working as a clinical dietitian in a hospital. And the patients I was dealing with were mainly those who had kidney disease. And I found it really striking that they were always coming to me complaining of gut issues. And I thought, well, unlike my grandma, your disease isn't in your gut. So why are you having these gut issues? And you know, it that kept coming and coming. And I was like, you know, I can't let this rest. So I, you know, looked at all the literature, tried to understand it. And it was back in 2010. So there wasn't really much around, you know, the evidence for our gut health, which, you know, we now know. So I thought, you know what, I'm, you know, for my grandma and, and for my patients, I'm just going to take the plunge and, you know, dedicate my early twenties to doing a PhD in, in gut health. So yeah from there it was such an amazing three years really did open up my eyes to you know all the power and potential of our gut Mm. and the fact that we all have these you know trillions of microbes mainly bacteria living inside of us and they can if we look after them they can you know help us achieve so many things so Yeah. After my PhD, I was actually, during my PhD, it was a positive trial. So we looked at trying to improve the health of people's guts who had kidney disease and whether that could actually improve their kidney disease function. We found overall, yeah, there was an association there. So it struck me that, yeah, if you look after your gut, maybe you can improve the health of other organs. And also during my PhD, I was very fortunate to be the Australian Olympics synchronized swimming nutritionist. Wow. And I, you know, met the girls and they're all, you know, Mind blowingly brilliant, but I noticed that those who had the greatest performance anxiety actually complained of the most gut symptoms. So that kind of, you know, showed me that it's not just this, you know, gut kidney axis as in my PhD, but there was also this gut brain axis that was occurring. And, you know, all the, you know, stars started to align. I was like, you know, gut seems to be the central thing um, to think you know achieving what we want to in terms of health and happiness and everything so after my PhD I you know moved over to London, specifically to work at King's because they are the internationally renowned you know, university for working in diet related gut health interventions. So yeah, that's, I guess, my story, how I got into it. And, and yeah, it's really is the way that I know I'm going to make my sister proud and have my impact on the mm-hmm. world. And you certainly already have and you will. So tell me about your gut health clinic. Yeah. So I, you know, back throughout my PhD, always continued to see clients or patients. And I felt like that, you know, it was really important to me because it always kept me down to earth and reminded me of why I was doing all this research and making it really relevant and finding out, you know, what people wanted to know about. And so when I came to London, you know, I was working just in research for the first year and I was like, I really miss that patient contact and finding out what with people's issues. And so, yeah, I started out and it has really yeah uh, opened up my eyes, I think, to how people want to know more and more about the gut, mm-hmm. but also how sadly sometimes, you know, gut messages aren't communicated very accurately and it actually is instilled a lot of fear in people around what I see such as such a powerful and amazing organ, our gut, whereas a lot of people are, you know, riddled with a bit anxiety around it and yeah. they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm getting all these gut symptoms and they start getting all these tests which restrict their diet and then they start to fear food and I just see that it can be a really vicious cycle So the gut clinic has really showed me that and it's really empowered me to go, you know what, I I need to do something more about this. And that's kind of how I got into social media to spread the word more about the positive sides of of gut health rather than people fearing it. Mm.
0: And for those people who are listening who might not have any specific gut issues, but we all want to live, you know, the most healthy life that we possibly can so we can achieve all our dreams Mm -hmm. and, and goals in life. What would you give? What kind of tips would you give for those people who who might not have the issues, but actually really make the most of having the most healthy gut you can have?
1: Yeah, and I think on that point of they might not have issues. Like I think around thirty percent of people in the UK, particular, will have issue gut issues from time to time. But just because you don't have gut issues doesn't necessarily mean that you've got great gut health yeah. because we now know that actually our gut and brain communication can have a role in mental health. So, you know, I'm so passionate about everyone jumping on board and, and trying to nurture their gut. And one of the really simple tips is trying to get the most amount of diversity in your diet as you can, particularly plant-based diversity. So, I often recommend people aim for thirty different types of plant-based species a week, which I think people can be like, "Oh my god, that's you know that's so... <laughs> how many are you getting?" Yeah. No,
0: I, I'm laughing just because um, I'm very passionate about food, and we're going to talk about food because yeah. I know that's one of your passions as well. I always ask my children because sometimes I don't see them during the day because they're obviously at school. And I ask how many vegetables they've had, vegetables and fruits. And sometimes I see Axel, my son, go out and get herbs before dinner so he can uh, add because I say, I say 15 a day. Is
1: oh my God, I'm is... so impressed. That is uh, like going you know. to a tick. <laughs>
0: I laugh because sometimes you know, I don't know. I don't ask it on a daily basis, but you, yeah, and especially if I'm, I've been away and I'm not really sure how yeah, things yeah, are run yeah, yeah. when I'm away. Yeah. and I travel a lot, and also especially sometimes at school because you know they only you know they bring one meal and you know some snacks yeah, and stuff. Yeah. They get to tell me what they how many vegetables they've had and fruits and uh, Axel them because we have a big herb garden outside our yeah. house, and so he can easily get ten just there. <laughs> so it's very good so yeah yeah yeah. yeah. but I'm very much uh, for that and uh, you know sometimes um, maybe a little bit too much but I I do really believe that if you can eat well that it's one simple thing that you can definitely do and teaching kids specifically in this age you know definitely my kids have never had any fast food that is from the big chains (laughs) and you know one of um, their cousins said I can't believe they never had that and I said well they can but I'm not going to take them there so if they get invited." their parties well, or whatever it, yeah. but they haven't so and they're really fine and they they don't and just you know they don't understand so they're very healthy kids but yeah. you know I uh, think not perfect
1: at all of course yeah. because I do allow them which to you good to, as well, do absolutely, you know I mean? yeah. and give them the choice and I think you know what as obviously you've done, when you give people a choice and explain why, and I think that kind of comes back to the diversity thing. If people just get told, look, you need to get 30 a day, just do it, they're kind of like, I'm not going to do that. But if they understand that actually inside of them they've got trillions of bacteria and these bacteria actually prefer different types of, plant-based foods and that's why you need to eat that diversity to feed all of them so you've got this big happy community rather than you know just having one or two types of yeah. fruit and veg and whole grains and nuts and seeds and all that sort of stuff and only feed a very you know a, a minority um, then you might not get the benefits that inside you you know are, are capable of yeah mm-hmm. yeah so 30 a week so that's fine so yeah. what else what else can we can we do to, to so another I guess underrated I guess something we all know we should be doing is you know getting more sleep yeah and Again, it comes down to understanding why. And I think we all know, yeah, we feel better when we've had more sleep. But when we think about our gut health, why having more sleep or getting your seven to nine hours is important is actually when we sleep, our gut rests. And every three to five days, our gut lining actually completely sheds and regenerates. So if we're not getting that seven to nine hours when our gut has time to do that, when we're actually not allowing our, our gut to really mend itself. And given that 70% of our immune system actually lays within our gut, you know, it just shows that if you're not getting your seven, eight, seven to nine hours, night, you're probably not allowing your gut to mend itself. You're not really feeding and looking after your immune system. You're more likely to get sick. And in the long term, actually, you probably can't work as hard as you want to and achieve your goals if you're constantly getting sick. So it helps kind of prioritize maybe sleep is something we should be doing. And and the same with stress, you know, with this gut-brain axis that's now well documented in the literature i think you know we've always known if we're nervous we kind of feel it in our gut but now we actually have the science to show that our bacteria do constantly talk to our brain and vice versa and you know if we're constantly feeding negative messages to our gut bacteria then that can have a negative impact on you know their happiness and that by feedback to your brain and things like that so Mm. Yeah, simple so, things. I think we've known about, but it's putting this new spin and this new, I guess, understanding of why we actually should prioritize it. Yeah, we're going to read your
0: book, of course, and get all the <laughs> tips. But in terms of, um, you know, gluten and dairy and all those kind of things, because that's a, obviously and you know, plant plant foods versus some some animal products, what's your, what's your, just in terms of high level here, just for
1: our listeners to kind of be inspired to get your book and get deeper into it. Yeah. So, you know, when we look at where the evidence currently stands in terms of gut health, it's not about having to go completely plant-based it's more actually about trying to be more inclusive yeah so you don't need to go all the way to be vegan if you want to for you know other reasons cultural reasons um, environmental reasons it's completely up to you but if we think about health actually if you go all the way plant-based you probably are at slightly higher nutritional risk so you need to be a little bit more careful about you know where you're getting your calcium and omega-3s and things like that um, and what we see is just if you have a very diverse plant-range diet you still have a little bit of Meat, if you enjoy it, a little bit of dairy, particularly fermented dairy has actually got some pretty good evidence for improving our our gut health and and our mental health as well. So, you know, I think one really important thing is to be more inclusive when we're thinking about our gut health. For people with gut symptoms, you know, it is important to rule out intolerances. And I guess that's something I go through the book. Yeah. And that I, I treat it kind of like I would in clinical practice and troubleshoot and, you know, go through the top, top sorts of intolerances to ha- make sure people don't have them as, as being the cause of their, their gut issues. But I'm very much about, yeah, being inclusive rather than cutting out these things. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful.
0: Thank you for that. <laughs> so I noticed at the very top of your website, you call out that gut health is all about unlocking the potential of our inner
1: universe. I was wondering if you could share this with our listeners, what you mean by this. Yeah, so it really does relate to the fact that we all have these trillions of bacteria living in us. And, in fact, if we counted all of the cells in the human body, we actually contain more bacterial cells than we do human cells. So, you know, they outnumber us and it's not just the number of cells, but also the number of genes, the genetic material, which essentially just means that our bacteria can do so many more things than I guess human cells could do on their own. So it's very much like a symbolic relationship and that symbiotic relationship. So they really do, you know, enhance our functionality. They produce a range of different hormones, vitamins, communication molecules. You know, I think people if they start to nurture their gut, you know, over time start to, act, you know, appreciate maybe they do feel slightly happier. They, you know, their skin may be a little bit more clearer. They actually don't have the risk of the chronic diseases maybe their parents have and things like that. So, you know, unlocking your inner potential, I think whatever goal you have, you're slightly closer to achieving that if you look after your gut microbes. Mm, love that. I, yeah, it sounds a bit corny, but I do see them. As like this little inner pet that's kind of, you know, in a way, kind of like a best friend that always there. It's a give and take relationship every meal I have I make sure you know something's on my plate to feed them as well um and not just being completely selfish with all of my food so I
0: love that (laughs) I um I I love that and you know it's such a good reminder for all of us who's listening that our body is our temple that you know it's it's because sometimes I think we forget that our body is part of us and that we sometimes doesn't we do not treat the body as well as we could and we're of course all guilty of that
1: but it's a good reminder especially when we feel really driven to achieve our goals we kind of of go I'll put myself aside because I really want this outcome and I think that's why maybe thinking about actually it's not just you but it's these microbes in you that you need to nurture yeah can help I guess people you know, give more and dedicate more time to looking after their body yeah
0: it's a good a really good way of actually looking at it because I think when people fall pregnant me included mm. you all of a sudden think about yeah. your diet much better and you you know people cut out alcohol and caffeine or whatever they do and that's often because of a you know a second person and yeah. which is a shame because we should do that for yeah. ourselves yeah, yeah. but it's a good way of looking at um, gut as being a, a you know someone else to look after so thank you for sharing that (laughs) so your book is available for pre-order now I believe which is so exciting and it's described as an easy to digest bible of gut health that promises to make you happier and healthier from the inside out so having written my first book last year myself I would love to know what drove you to write yours how did you find the process and how can you give us a little bit more information on what our listeners expect to learn from your
1: book yeah so Penguin actually just approached me about writing the book. It was never in my, you know, wildest dreams that I would have thought that I would be an author. But once, you know, they approached me and I started thinking about it, I thought, oh my God, this is an amazing opportunity to get my message out there and to help so many people who, you know, I can't see one-on-one in clinical practice. So you know, I felt so incredibly honoured and, and lucky. And the process was quite grueling because I, I still have full-time research. So it was mm-hmm. kind of trying to all yeah, late nights, weekends, trying to write things, and I'm a bit of a perfectionist by nature, so <laughs> I wanted to make sure everything was perfect in it, and it would be really user friendly and not confronting to people, but you know something that the lay person could you know take and use and see, you know, see real benefits um, from. So yeah, it was it was an amazing journey. Again, I don't know why this keeps happening, but I had a, a really you know two weeks ago. I had the week of my book shoot. Actually, I got a, a call from my editor, and that the book designer had was in an accident on the weekend and actually passed away. Oh. It just literally, you know, really shook me up so badly because. John Hamilton was the most amazing person he was like the backbone of penguins design did all of Jamie Oliver's books for the past 20 years and he'd chosen my book just because he was on board with the vision mm-hmm. and I was you know I was like no one and I, I couldn't you know when I first met him I was so blown away that he'd chosen my book he didn't need to like you know he was at a level where he just chose whatever yeah. he wanted yeah it just was you know such a deep shock and you know, so it was a bit of an emotional roller coaster um recently dealing with that. But I you know, feel really lucky that his his import so he was able to design most obviously he hadn't finished it, He's was doing it, but his a lot of his vision has been put into that. So I feel really even more attached to the book yeah, and I wanna do him, him proud with yeah. it. So oh, I'm yeah. sure you will oh yeah <laughs> no, I don't know I'm no. not usually I'm no, no, prone to this a, sort of thing but yeah, all your questions seem to be drawing it's good. out It's the
0: most um no, no, yeah. it's good it's uh you know and there's a really good message in here that every positive has a negative yeah. and that's something that I often talk about and I think um, when I talk about creating so my book your dream life starts here it's never about a perfect life it's about really making sure that you do everything in your life that you want to do before it's time to go and we yeah. all know that that's going to happen one day but we sometimes forget that that's you know coming up so i want to just remind everyone that uh, you know th- there is always a positive out of a negative so for example with that yeah. with your um, with your book designer and also your grandma and your sisters there's something Very sad and very unfortunate, but there's been something positive out of that and now you are helping the world. So, that's a reminder for everyone who kind of feels sometimes they're a bit stuck in their own, you know, problems and we all have them. But, you know, sometimes when it's really sad or really difficult, it's really hard sometimes to find a positive in it. But, you know, you were a perfect showcase on that so yeah. thank you for sharing and being part of this i guess i didn't really or one of
1: your questions was around what what's in the book yeah 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 yeah, yeah sorry like i said i wanted the book to very much be you know like a really easy to digest guide so yeah. like a bible to people's gut whether they had gut issues whether they don't have gut issues they just want that edge extra edge in life so we go through i guess inspiring and helping empower people understand the potential of their gut and then we move on to how to nurture this little inner universe with not just nutrition but with things like mindfulness and yoga flows and things like that again really practical strategies and for those you know the 30% of people who do have some gut symptoms some tweaks they can make to their diet um, to check if they've got food intolerances and we go through like I would in clinical practice exclusion diets but really in a very safe environment And then a big part of the book is about translating everything we talk about into recipes. And again, I think that's part of my belief is that I just don't want to dump all this knowledge on people. I want to help them actually translate into their everyday life on little things that they can do to, you know, achieve their their health and happiness goals. Yeah, Yeah, perfect.
0: I love, you know, I love recipes. I love cooking and I love food. So I cannot wait um, (laughs) to get your, you could get your book. So it's going to be really exciting. Thank you. So you have an ever-growing social media following and are helping such a huge number of people through these channels, which is so inspiring and amazing. A major dream of mine is to inspire 101 million people to share their dreams and we encourage everyone to use the 101 Million Dreamers hashtag. I would love to know a little bit more about your social media journey so far and any, any lessons you learned, because I think a lot of our listeners are up and coming entrepreneurs or, or want to make an impact like you. So tell us a little bit about how you have created such a big following.
1: Yeah, look, I, I feel so, so lucky to have the following that I have. And it started. You know, I got into social media about a year after I moved to London and it was more out of frustration that, you know, despite the amazing research that had been done, it was the, you know, the fad diets and potentially dangerous messages that were being fed to the masses. Mm. And and like I said, with, you know, the gut health clinic, that was another kind of reinforcement that I needed to get more into the public eye and help you know, the general public understands that actually no, there's you don't need to take these expensive supplements if you want to look after your gut. It's actually going back to basics and things like that. So I started out probably two years ago, two and a half years ago, and it's been such an amazing journey. And that I haven't, you know, haven't done any advertising. It's all just been, you know, through I guess influences seeing that there's a lot of potential and, and getting on board with my vision and just inviting me to their events to talk and podcasts like you have yeah. and and just know yeah, word of mouth and yeah I guess any tips for for people who want to do something similar it's really just being genuine I think yeah. and you know along the way you know, there's so many companies that have thrown quite decent or tried to throw decent amounts of money at me, um, which have allowed me to have, you know, a beautiful website and all this sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, I think you have to be true to your followers who, you know, have been on this journey with you. And I wouldn't have any of this if it wasn't for my followers. So, you know, when a business opportunity, uh, you know, comes to me, I always think, look, could I look my followers in the eye and say, I 100% back this. Yeah. Uh, and if I can't, then I, I can't, you know, be involved in that business venture. And often, you know, I, I haven't been able to, which has kind of pushed me to do things myself the right way. So, yeah. I feel and like I think I'm that's the
0: I think that is the only way if you want to have a long-term um, audience and, you know, to really be true to yourself. I, yeah, I couldn't sleep at night. No. I don't know how some people, I would just no. feel so, yeah. And I think, you know, really backing the product, you you know, I would only really, I mean, I don't do any... um. Any, I only really support Kiki K products, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I do. I do sometimes talk about other products because I use them or I love them. But it's only because it's coming. It's genuine. Yeah, yeah it doesn't yeah. come from.
1: And people, yeah. I think people can tell. Yeah, it's something's forced or yeah. not. And like you know, I'm a huge fan of all the work you do, and I do on my desk have your little quote boards things. Yeah. I change it every couple of weeks, and yeah, so it, it's just about. And I think I've like posted on it before, just out of genuine you know yeah. love of the brain rather than being paid and it just I just don't like that feeling. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no no and I think yeah, I mean there's there's definitely paid influencers who are still doing a great message but, yeah. uh, but and sometimes uh, you, yeah. you need to for that sort of thing, yeah. But yeah but yeah completely get it so thank you that's for some some good tips so you must get asked so many questions from so many people through your work but I would love to know what are some of the most common questions you get asked
1: about gut health Yeah, I think probably the most common question I get asked is, how do you know if you've got a healthy gut? Yeah. Because like I said, it's not just about symptoms. Yeah, Um, So how do you know that you know, your gut microbes are really happy and are sending happy messages to your, to your brain. And the thing is, unfortunately, there's never a straightforward answer I can give people. And again, that comes back to the book and why I've written it the way I have, and that there's a number of interactive assessments. I think there's 10 different assessments, and that's similar to what I would do in clinical practice with someone and look at their, you know, people's immune health, people's mental health, people's physical health, people's diets, and, stress levels and sleep habits, all those sorts of things. So I have all these different assessments which together bridges and and gives me the picture of someone's gut health. And then from there, people can decide on where they're currently at on their gut health journey and what sort of strategies they should put in place to improve that little bit. And, again, that's what the book is really about and we've got little flow diagrams on if you're here, you know, what sort of strategies should you try to get over here and things like that. Mm. Another one is around bloating. I think that's probably the most common gut symptom people get and often people attribute it to a food intolerance or, you know, yeah, typically a certain food that they shouldn't be having or it's doing them damage. And although, yeah, food intolerances can be a cause of of bloating, it's not always the cause. Often stress is actually a big cause of, of bloating. So Again, it comes back to the book and the personalized approach where we go through the flow diagrams and look at the different potential triggers of people's bloating to help them find out which strategy is best for them. Is it a diet approach or is it a mindful approach or is it a physical you know, activity approach? Those sorts of things. So Yeah. Yeah, hopefully the book will answer quite a lot of these common questions because that's what I've bought. I've you know written the book around is all the questions I get on social media, and I get you know around forty messages a day. People asking me yeah, all these different questions, so I've kind of packaged them together, and hopefully,
0: yeah, which is so good um, because I think you read a lot about it, but I think to have a really practical book to to work through for your own sake, even if you do not have any problems, because we all want to live, of course, our
1: best potentials. Sure. So, yeah. yeah that's really good and I, yeah again like that, for me that is such a big message i want to put out there it's not just if you have gut symptoms or not yeah. you know if we look after our gut we can see the benefits in so many other areas and there's been clinical trials that are really showing the power of our diet, particularly with mental health yeah. as being, you know, a really strong management strategy. Yeah, so, I yeah. bet, I bet.
0: So I have this question and I, I did mention it before the recording but I think for everyone's benefit. So, <laughs> so being a, a coffee, first I should say coffee snob because I seek out being, um, being, having lived in uh, what I think is – the best coffee in the world, but that is, of course, debatable. But from my point of view, (laughs) Melbourne has such a great coffee. No, I concur, (laughs) It
1: really does. So I actually
0: go out and really look for, and if there is an Australian barista behind, I (laughs) trust them even better. But...
1: What do you think about coffee or caffeine overall? Yeah, so if you don't have gut symptoms, having one to two coffees a day is completely fine for your gut health. In fact, there's different types of plant chemicals in coffee called polyphenols. We're actually thought to feed some of your good microbes. Actually having some coffee in your diet has been shown to have a benefit on your overall gut health Um, particularly if it's a good quality coffee which it sounds like you're hunting down the best absolutely (laughs) Um, now if you have gut symptoms we know that caffeine in particular can increase your stress hormones like cortisol which can actually worsen your gut symptoms so if you are you know more anxious on a day i would probably recommend not having as much coffee on that day or or trying not to have have a decaf coffee or something like that where you're still getting those polyphenols so the plant chemicals in the coffee from the decaf but you're not getting the actual caffeine which can create and exacerbate some symptoms
0: yeah and um, while we're at the
1: t- on the topic let's yeah. talk about alcohol <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's another good one so
1: again it's, it's quite similar to caffeine there has been if you don't have gut symptoms having some red wine around 100 meals a day which again, is like two mouthfuls <laughs> yeah, i know and you're like really 100 meals? i just prefer not to have any yep. it has been linked to better gut health and it comes back to the plant chemicals in the grapes the red um grape seeds and the red grapes in that they contain those polyphenols which feed the specific types of bacteria so having some red wine in your diet everything in moderation unfortunately if you do have gut symptoms and people you know will often report this if they overdo it on the alcohol they'll know it worsens their symptoms so you know It's all about boringly moderation and knowing that, okay, I want to go out and have, you know, quite a few drinks. And I know that I might do a bit of damage to my little inner universe, but tomorrow I'm going to really nurture them and acknowledge that I've done that and, um, you know, not feel guilty, but feed them, you know, an extra few couple of different plant-based foods the next day. So, yeah. yeah. Which is often the case, like if people
0: overdrink, they're also eating yeah. badly. It's like, a, a, you know, a chain that is probably not
1: ideal for yeah. gut. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it's about making that conscious effort and go, well, I'm going drinking tonight, so I am going to actually prepackage some breakfast that's quite beneficial for my microbes in the morning and being, you know, thinking ahead. And Treating them like a little pet, I yeah. think, can help people mentally.
0: <laughs> That's good. I am um, at the time of this recording, I have done 18 months no alcohol, and I was only really a red wine drinker. But it's, uh, I just decided to, to to try it, and I have certainly had my quota, I think, uh, for wine in my past. <laughs> so I, I'm very, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, I'm, and I'm not saying I'm not going to start again, but yeah. it's been, um, it's just been great, and I definitely feel so. So much better. Yeah, I was going to ask Even what like, sort of things you just generally feel better. Well, I, yeah. I, you know, it wasn't that I drank a lot, but I drank frequently, and the main reason was sleep because I uh, don't sleep as well, yeah. and it's important, and I'm constantly jet lagged, and um, you know, have a lot on my plate, so I um, sleep is important. It's not, and also being active mind and sleep is not. The best for me so that's why i decided to take some actions on making sure that i get a really good night's sleep so yeah. that
1: certainly helps yeah and we do I mean, know that alcohol does it doesn't it yeah even if you know it's you're only having a couple of glasses mm. you know at you know at 5 p.m or something like that it can impact your sleep quality so that's yeah. why we do recommend you know not having
0: too much, yeah. Sleep absolutely. A priority. And you know, I guess I because uh, I'm uh, we're going to talk a little bit about more your morning routine in a minute, but I love my morning so much that I really want to have a good s- sleep early so I can get up early because I feel like that's where I. The most joy in the morning getting, um, you know, some time for me and reading and learning and meditating and stuff. Yeah. So, I am, um, but anyway, that was just a little bit added bonus there for anyone who wants to uh, try that. So, to many people looking at your life from the outside, it looks like you are living your dream life now. You're doing something you love, working in an area you love, and helping people to live happier and healthier lives. I know a life is never perfect, and I don't think it should be because we always want to. Improve,
1: but do you believe you're living your dream life now? I honestly do. I absolutely love what I do, and people look at my life and probably think I work too much. But I enjoy everything that I'm currently doing, so it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Uh, So I do feel really, really lucky. And you know, I have thought about you know going back to Australia to you know live with my family and have more time for them, but you know, I'm really just enjoying where I am so much that, you know, it is a sacrifice I have to make at the moment, but I feel like I'm where I'm, I need to be to make the impact that I really want to.
0: Yeah. Which is so beautiful to hear because I do think that when you, because I get that a lot too, that I work too much or, and, you know, and sometimes I do feel that myself because sometimes it does get too much, but I think having, you know, the purpose and the passion and your work everything aligned makes all the difference and that's why you, you know I used to go to our shops on Saturday nights and you know bring some red wine <laughs> <laughs> and redo yeah, yeah. the whole shop because I yeah. loved it so much yeah. and I couldn't think of anything better yeah. so I so aligned so, so what would be your tips for our listeners to to create I think we already covered it because I, I think it's about finding your passion but what would you yeah. say to our listeners in terms of how you find your passion and
1: yeah it's I think it's about doing a bit of reflection, which is something when busy people often don't do, but, you know, reflecting on what things, you know, energize you and make you feel that, you're in the right place and especially things that people, other people hate doing. So, for example, I absolutely love grocery shopping. I could spend like four hours just going through every aisle looking at all the new food products coming out and going, oh, God, they shouldn't have put that ingredient in or (laughs) why didn't they do that? Whereas I know a lot of my friends and my mom absolutely hate grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of got me thinking, well, clearly, you know, food industry and nutrition is... Is something that makes me feel really energized and it's kind of, you know, p- maybe part of my purpose because it doesn't drain me. Yeah. So, Kind of doing a bit of that, reflecting on your life, what sorts of things yeah. yeah, make you feel like you're doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more.
0: So with all the commitments and work in helping others to live their best lives, how do you manage to stay balanced in your own life? Do you believe it's possible to have a balanced life?
1: I certainly think it is possible to have a balanced life, although if I'm completely honest, I think... If you want to achieve things that are you know, not the average sort of goals people would have, then you do have to work really hard. Mm. In fact, there's a quote that is on one of your little boards that really resonated with me. It was, if you're not willing to risk the usual, you'll have to settle for the ordinary. Yes. So sometimes yeah. you do have to put in those hard yards. Absolutely. And I'm all on board with that message. I think working hard now and being really, really dedicated to give myself then the future of maybe having you know more balance being able to have kids at the minute I think I would be way too selfish to you know have time to have kids and things like that so absolutely it is possible but I think you need to be real that if you want to achieve things hard work is necessity and you're not going to be able to do that in a nine-to-five job yeah You know, taking still time, like every week I have a little date night with my partner and I make a thing that every two weeks I have to at least see one girlfriend. (laughs) So, you know, having those little things to, you know, keep some balance even if it's more towards work at the moment, making sure it's never crazy, only work for months on end. Yeah,
0: yeah. I have a quote that I I, uh, have on my board and that I really – Believing, in and that is you can do anything in life but just not everything at the same time so what what so it might not be the the perfect way of saying that quote <laughs> but what the meaning is that that you can actually I believe you can actually do anything in life that you want to if you want to if you're willing to put in the work yeah. but you cannot do everything at the same time so for example when you when you know if we you have young mums listening you know that will be the priority. So, so when I, for example, when I had kids, um, young kids, I didn't do any public speaking and I didn't travel as much. And so, so, you know, I completely understand. So if you're putting all your effort now, then you, you're able to do some other things when you, if you decide to have kids or yeah. if you decide to move somewhere else and be able to work a bit less perhaps. So, yeah. so I think I'm so in line with that. And I think that's a really good message for our listeners, and I'm sure they already know it, but sometimes it's good to get a reminder. Here again, yeah. Yeah. Something I like to share with readers in my book is that I have found great inspiration from dreams and experiences of others.
1: Who would you say inspires you? I think it is my mum because I know that she's gone through such hardship. Mm-hmm. You know, she was a single mum, you know, had to work to look after us and then, you know, losing her daughter. And, yeah, and then I guess – you know, my brother as well, because it was his twin who he lost when he was five. And then he's, he's just such a beautiful, you know, really gentle person. And last year, um, actually lost his little son and, um, yet still it's just such a beautiful person. And like both of them have just gone through so much heartache, but you wouldn't know it. Mm. Like they're not someone to just sit back and just give up or like complain, but, Yeah, so I think both of them is probably what inspires me whenever I'm having a hard day or things aren't going right. I just go, Gosh, I have zero to complain about. Mm. They have endured so much. And, um, so sorry to hear that.
0: I, wow, I was doing a podcast earlier this morning and we were talking about how, um, how gratefulness Mm. can really change the way we look at things. And, you know, and sometimes we complain about things that, is is real for the time, but when you actually, you know, hear stories like yours, and one of um, my guests on the podcast is Dr. Tara Trent, and she was brought up in Zimbabwe with with no freedom and yeah. no education, and you know, and she managed to get all her education. But I always remi- remind myself about that we have the freedom of choice, and actually waking up and being alive is amazing. So, considering everything you have gone through. Is gratitude part of your daily life? And if yes,
1: how? Yeah, so I do have a bit of a morning routine, which I guess I don't consciously go through, you know, a process of gratitude, but it does kind of settle me a little bit and, and make me, um, give me time to kind of think. So I have like a little yoga stretch in the morning and it's just really calming as well as like listening to Headspace for 10 minutes after that. And I just feel More settled, but yeah, I don't really consciously have you know take time out to feel more grateful for all the things that I have, but I think it is a little bit inherent in me, yeah. And that, particularly as these different experiences have arisen, I just think, gosh, you know, I am so lucky to have everything that I have.
0: Perfect, and now I'm going to send you a gratitude journal because that's Mm -hmm. something we do have at Kiki K because sometimes it's, um, even if you have it in you, it's actually sometimes amazing to to look at all the things because we know we'll be grateful we're grateful to you know everything that we have but sometimes actually take choose three things
1: it's really it's really fun and i think very beneficial no i would absolutely Uh, love to actually take that strategy on board because it's something that i I don't do in my life and i have heard that there are so many amazing benefits um From doing just those three things.
0: So there will be a little gratitude on its way to you. you. (laughs) (laughs) So as mentioned, my dream is to inspire 101 million people around the world to write down three carefully considered dreams on paper and start chasing them. With that in mind, what three dreams would you write down if you knew that anything was possible and you couldn't possibly fail to achieve any of them? What would your three dreams be? Whatever comes to mind. I'm sure you have 101
1: or more. Yeah, look, I... I absolutely love food industry Mm -hmm. and I'm really, really passionate about helping translate the science from the clinical trials that we're currently doing at King's to food products because now it takes around 15 years for that translation to happen. So one of my goals is really – to cut down that time to do the translation and make sure that there's, you know, products on the market which genuinely are going to help people and improve their overall, you know, health and happiness um, but also taste really great because, again, knowledge is one thing but if we don't have these accessible foods available for people are really busy, then it's not really realistic for me to expect that they can, you know, achieve those changes. So yeah, I think that's one of my, my goals is to help influence food industry that little bit more. Mm. Amazing one. Yeah. And I, I think another one is more of just for the general public to feel more empowered to make their own decisions about their health and wellness. I think often people are told, you know, do this or do that, but they never really given a choice because they don't really understand the background and the reason why for example you know the the sleep I think if people had more of an understanding of why sleep is more beneficial then they can it's their decision in the end whether they prioritize it or not but I think for most people they think oh sleep just makes me feel better but they don't understand the why and I think understanding the science not to it you know too much detail but a little bit gives them a bit of a rationale and they feel empowered to make their own decision rather that decision being you know just told to them that's a good one one more I think I'm really passionate about helping the the younger generation you know we know that there's such high rates of obesity coming through Mm. and I really want to inspire them to understand the importance of looking after their bodies and the health and their, you know, community of little gut microbes inside them and engaging them with science and getting them, you know, more inquisitive and, and asking questions about what they're putting inside their body. So I, you know, really do want to get more um, involved in working with schools to help yeah, educate, you know, all these kids who, who, their brains are like sponges who want to learn but I guess may not have access to learning more about health and nutrition so yeah I think working more with little kids I I love kids so much
0: beautiful amazing three dreams and very much to make the world a better place so thank you very much for sharing if you could give one piece of advice to the next generation which we're just speaking about to help them live their dream life what would you
1: say you know I know I've kind of spoken about that before but I think particularly for the younger generation you know as kids are growing up is to understand that they do have this inner potential and whether it is the microbes or their soul or something like that but so they respect their bodies a little bit more and feel a little bit more confident and safe in a way and I think the fact that we do have these trillions of microbes that are like a little best friend inside us—that message really can be empowering to a lot of younger kids. You know, growing up might have really rough childhoods, um, might feel really alone at times, and things like that. Um, whereas, if they know that little community has really got its back and it's looking after you, then they're probably more likely to look after their body, and and that's going to have a whole wealth of, of benefits in the long term. Mm, beautiful. Thank you.
0: I would love to finish off by asking you a few questions that I know our listeners would love to hear you answer. I am such an avid reader, so I'm always interested to know,
1: do you have a favorite book and why? So my favorite book probably is a book called Gut by Julia Enders. And just because I love the way that she made a taboo topic become something a lot of people were engaged with through cartoons and doing, you know, funny metaphors and people were more embracing the science. I love that way that she was able to translate something that, yeah, people would have feared and be like, oh, I'm not Talking about that, and that's you know a bestseller, and just the way that she translates the science into everyday language with cartoons. I just I love that. So, yeah. big fan of her work. Nice. Yeah. Have you met her? No, I haven't. No. I do hope in the next couple of years
0: I will meet her. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you have will. Have you met her? No, I yeah. haven't, but I, it just prompted me to think about because in my book, which you're going to get a copy of today, I have space for 101 people to meet. It's always good to write them down and and then when if there's an opportunity i'm sure you will get an opportunity i'm sure she seeks you out, no, when no, your book comes out. <laughs> <laughs> but um that's one for you oh to i would definitely down. be yeah, so yeah. is your book very much like yeah. a activity based yeah so we oh, have it no, so no, yeah it is there's a lot of exercises yeah. so it's really about creating your dream life so yeah. you, you can take a lot of time doing it or and do all the exercises we actually created a journal which i didn't bring here but i'm going to send to you yeah. a journal to go with it because i find when i do exercises in books i i want to do it Separately, so I can then have it all in one place because there's not enough room in in the book because there's so many exercises. But so we created this journal that have is mirroring their their book and has all the questions again, mm-hmm. so you don't have to write them yeah, and you can yeah, just keep problems. Yeah. yeah, and then we also have on our website free audio guide where I'm guiding through some of the dreaming to make sure that we are thinking about things that we might not have considered.
1: So. Oh, man. So I'm <laughs> gonna get a lot out of your who I can tell. Cause I,
0: I hope so. I don't hope take so.
1: that much time to do reflection. So I think that sort of stuff is hugely yeah. powerful. Yeah, yeah, and you'll see in the book.
0: I have that. Um, to create your perfect day, and when I say perfect, never perfect, yeah. but you know, uh, you know, if you could have your ideal day, what would that be? So mm-hmm. I started doing that many years ago. About Sundays, I never have anything booked on Sundays, mm-hmm. and then I have a certain way of, you know, doing my Fridays. I always meet an inspiring person on Fridays mm-hmm. because I love meeting, and it, it has changed a bit now because I've been traveling so much. Mm-hmm. But now I'm meeting when I travel, I meet them daily. <laughs> but sometimes it's just good to have a little, you, you have a little few little rules or or ways of doing in your days, so you can make sure that by the end of your life that you lived the life that was true to yourself and for me meeting people like you is just so inspiring and i will live on this conversation for a long time so thank you thank you <laughs> i would love to know if you have a favorite kiki k product
1: yes well actually i I do love my little post-it notes that I often get the inspiration from. Yeah, the little, the I think they are um, the vision board packs. Yes, yeah. that's yes. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also, I'm getting married in May and I've got oh. your wedding planner book. Yes. And I just love it. It's just so organized. It's so clean. And just whenever I see it, I just it makes me smile. Yeah. So I'm yeah. really loving that. So oh, thank you. Oh, You're like, I'm glad you it does it. really inspire you to get into the detail and I'm, probably I've never really been a massive wedding sort of person but it has inspired me so oh, yeah I'm, I'm glad well great.
0: thank you first of all and congratulations <laughs> for being married uh, getting married I think that book is, I'm actually not married myself so I haven't used it but <laughs> we have a baby version so I'll use that one yeah. but I love how you can plan it and it becomes a bit of a keepsake as well so hopefully lots of memories um, and as years to come So tell me a little bit, what's next for you? So you're coming out with your book, which having launched a book last year, it's just fascinating the way the world opens up in a very different way. And it's amazing. But what's
1: next for you? So the book and what else? I really, as I mentioned, want to get into the food industry and really helping break down some of those barriers to the research translation. So fingers crossed. The, the stars align and some cool things come out in the next year or so. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. So that's kind of my goal at the minute to really focus on making that that dream happen. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Can't wait to watch it.
0: <laughs> so one last question for you: If you could go back to your younger self, say when you're in your late
1: teens, what advice would you give yourself, knowing what you know now? I think it will be that you know what you actually said and that with every negative there can be a positive so even when times are really tough you know just push through and you know things will open up and you'll start to see that actually things are happening for a reason and if you work really hard you will achieve your goals it's you know as simple as that obviously there is a little bit of luck involved but you know I really believe that if you want something enough and you work hard you, you can achieve it Mm-hmm. just got to back yourself
0: what a beautiful way of ending this podcast because i think you are absolutely a true inspiration for so many of us that you know you had something that wasn't so positive and there was you know it was a negative situation but you created a positivity or a positive situation out of it and look what you've done it's incredible super inspiring for all of us and Thank you for all your work and for inspiring people to look after themselves. And because of that, they will probably be more likely to live their dream life. So thank you so much. And thank you for your taking time. I know you are incredibly, I don't don't like to use the word busy because I think that translates to busyness. So (laughs) I know your days are very full. So I very much appreciate you taking the time and have been such a nice conversation. So thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you. Wow, I am so inspired after that conversation. Listening to Megan's ideas around our gut health lifestyle and how everything is connected is just so amazing. Her mission to empower people with the knowledge they need to live their best lives is so inspiring, and I hope you really enjoyed hearing from her as much as I did. Be sure to grab a copy of her book, Eat Yourself Healthy, to learn even more about how you can look after your overall gut health. I found it truly inspiring how even after some very difficult times, Megan was able to find a silver lining and seek out the positive. I'm a huge believer in every situation being made up of 50% positive and 50% negative, and it's up to us how we choose to approach it. I hope this episode has left you feeling inspired to follow your dreams and start working on your own dream life. If you haven't got a copy of it yet, I encourage you to get hold of my book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, and the Dream Life journal that I have created to go with it. They are the perfect starting point if you want guidance on your journey of uncovering and chasing your dreams. Another great place to start is to check out my 101 Dreams audio guide at kiki-k.com forward slash dream life. If you love this episode and find it useful, be sure to subscribe and also please leave us a review. I really, really appreciate it. And please help us spread this inspiring message to even more people by posting about it on social media with the hashtag 101milliondreamers. And don't forget, we are offering an exclusive 20% off all full-priced Kiki K products online and in-store until the end of September 2019. To claim your discount, simply enter the code DREAM20 online or mention it to our friendly in-store team. For full terms and conditions, refer to our show notes. Until next time, don't forget to dream big and chase your dreams.